Welcome to The Empathic Advantage, the empowerment podcast for sensitive folk. I'm your host, Hanna-Marie Kiris, and I'm on a mission to show you all the wonderful ways that you can thrive in this world, whether you call yourself an empath, a highly sensitive person, or simply a little different. In a world that's not exactly geared towards us feely folk, there are important conversations to be had to shift the paradigm that there is such a thing as being too sensitive. My guests and I will talk life, career and leadership, spiritual and less spiritual practices, and anything in between to empower you to use your endless gifts as an empath in truly all walks of life, whether you feel called by the healing arts or building rocket ships. So if you're ready to explore the possibility that your sensitive nature is truly nothing you need to fix, and that you can have the life you want not despite your empathic nature, but because of it, well, then you're home, my friend. I truly believe that now more than ever, the world could really use the empathic advantage, and I want to make sure that you find yours. So let's jump right in, shall we? Well, hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Empathic Advantage. I hope you guys are doing so well. Here in Estonia, we have a true winter wonderland going on behind my window. We have snow up to our hips and a crisp minus 10 degrees Celsius, which I believe is something like 14 degrees Fahrenheit for all of my imperial system friends. Once again, I am so very happy that you're tuning in today because I have an amazingly soulful conversation to share with you that I think is truly fitting to this cold weather as well. I am speaking with Jen Quaid. She's a holistic nurse and Mayan abdominal massage practitioner. She's taken her background in traditional Western medicine and blended it with the knowledge and practices she's learned from her extensive studies with indigenous peoples in South America. We discuss the empathic experience through the lens of the body, how to work with the body in understanding what's yours and what's someone else's, and how to ask the right questions to tap into the wisdom within. The one word I have for my conversation with Jen is nourishing. It was a delight to have Jen join me on the podcast, and I hope you find our conversation as insightful, helpful, and supportive as I did. So, on to the episode. Hi, Jen. It is so lovely to have you join me on this podcast today. Anna Marie, I'm so happy to be here. You and I, you know, we had a lovely chat um, a couple of weeks ago when we were just chatting about this podcast and everything. And I just am so excited for everybody to hear your story and how you got to be where you are today and doing the things that you're doing. So can you give us a brief sort of story into your background? For sure. I think like probably most people listening to this, I was told as a child, you're too sensitive. You're too sensitive. You're so sensitive. Stop being so sensitive. And I grew up in the Midwest, in the United States, in kind of like a suburban kind of regular American life, I guess. And I had three brothers and I was the sensitive one. And I was the one that was, I feel like always tuning into everyone else's needs and what's really happening. And I remember when I was like, I don't know, eight years old, I was at like a Barnes and Noble and I was already looking at like self-help books. (laughs) I don't know. I saw like, what was that guy on Oprah, Dr. Phil? Like, oh, I found this book about Dr. Phil to help me out because I already felt like something was wrong with me. Something is different about me than my brothers, than the other kids at school. And 
I was anxious all the time. I was also really happy and joyful, but I felt so much always. And I, I I was a babysitter. I became a nanny. I went to the university of Minnesota and I became a nurse. And I feel like that hypersensitivity was both my, well, just like a major blessing. And I'll explain why in a minute. And also I felt cursed by it really just like, why do I have to feel so much? I didn't understand what to do with all the feelings. I didn't understand. I just didn't have an experience of feeling peaceful or feeling at home in myself actually. And when I became a nurse in the hospital, uh, nursing school was challenging, you know, going into lots of different kind of environments where people are sick and people are having a hard time. And I felt like I was just taking it all on. And at that time I was in college and I found that, oh, if I smoke weed, (laughs) it's not so overwhelming. Um, If I drink alcohol, which is just kind of what everyone was doing, I wasn't so overwhelmed. And so those became kind of these crutches for me to be able to feel okay and manage. And I found when I became a nurse, I was working in this inner city hospital that my sensitivity became also a superpower. I was on what they called the float team. I would call in in the morning and they would tell me where in the hospital to go. And uh, I liked that because, you know, looking back, I know what a holistic thinker I am. And even at the time, I couldn't imagine just working in one place. And even though I didn't have like as much expertise in each area, I could show up, not know anything and know exactly what to do of how to help these people. I could basically walk into a room and feel, sense what was needed and take care of it. And at the same time, I was totally overwhelmed by that environment. I was constantly like navigating multiple families and multiple patients. It was a children's hospital. So it wasn't just one patient. It was like the kid and the parents and anyone else who was visiting. And so, so many energies to navigate. The call lights were always going off. The phones were ringing. And I just felt my system go into total overload. I had never had rashes in my life at that point. And I started getting kind of like these eczema rashes. I was Uh, again, like smoking weed and drinking wine and watching like Desperate Housewives and Lost. It was was like 2007 or something. And I realized that I just, I, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to help myself. And one day I heard someone talk about this holistic nurse training program. And I called right away, like, I'm supposed to do this. It was at this hospital next door. And they said, no, no, it's, it's, it's already full. And lo and behold, a few weeks later, they called me and actually had room for me. And I said, I knew it. I knew I was supposed to be part of this program. And probably it was the first day of this program. They had us feel our bodies. So tune in, feel your body. What do you notice? And I noticed, oh boy, I don't know that anyone had really asked me that question before. My body felt like electricity. I had like electricity in my blood and my heart was like a purple in a vice. And there was like just so much intensity in my system. And for the first time over the course of, I don't know, it was like nine weeks of this course, I started to learn tools to breathe 
I started to learn about the nervous system in a new way. Of course, I went through nursing school and learned about the autonomic nervous system, but I didn't learn about it in a way that I could actually navigate my body and take care of myself and feel better. I learned about the energy body. And after this kind of introduction course, I my interest was peaked for sure. And I started working with energy healers. I started working with acupuncturists. And I found this modality called Mayan abdominal therapy. And for the first time, again, this woman asked me questions that no one had ever asked me before. How's your relationship with your body? How's your relationship with your mom? How's your relationship with your womb? And in this session where she asked me these, these really deep questions and then proceeded to massage my abdomen, uh, it was like the door to Pandora's box had been opened. And I now began to access all of these energies, these emotions, these, yeah, the empathic hits or these, these feelings, these sensitivities that I had been stuffed away because I didn't know what to do with them. I felt like this process of abdominal massage, which she taught me how to do for myself, it like opened the door for me to start to process some of the stuff that I had been holding on to. If we're talking about empathy or being empathic, like for me, it is a spiritual superpower. And also that superpower comes with a necessity to take care of the body and take care of the system in a way that allows me to be what some might call a hollow bone or a clear channel uh, so that I'm not holding on to all these impressions that I'm receiving from the world. You you said that, you know, this um, Mayan ritual or ritualistic approach opened a lot of those channels for you or you kind of you know felt like you were becoming more aware I'm just wondering like your experience would it be correct to say that you felt almost like it was even more intensified I'm just wondering because I I feel like a lot of sensitive people are kind of hiding away from the spiritual side of things as well because it's just it's just too much like channeling everything kind of feeling everything on on such an intense and deep level like what's your experience there I think what I would say about that is a lot of sensitive people are feeling everything anyway <laughs> and so for me learning how to take care of my body learning how to let go of some of the old impressions or old trauma if you want to call it that that's stuck in my system allows me to be much more clear about what is mine? What is someone else's? What is the collective's? <laughs> you know, I feel like we're we're energy. We are energy. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. We are energetic beings, but we also have these physical bodies that feel tension when things get intense. And when we can learn how to take care of the body for women, the womb, which is a container, we have our pelvic bowl, I, I went on to study deeply this Maya abdominal therapy, working with women, and studying holistic pelvic care, working with women in the body, in the pelvic floor. And I, it just became really clear to me that 
we're spiritual beings, we're energetic beings, we can be tuned into different energies and people's energies and emotions. And also we have this physical body that things can get kind of stuck if we don't know how to process them. And so for me, this process of taking care of my body helped to almost like dislodge the old stuff to open the channels so that I was much more clear about what is mine and what am I picking up from the outside? And then also being clear when it's time to practice emotional hygiene, I think is a nice phrase to let go of the stuff in my energy field, in my body. And that can be super tricky. Um, if we're really sensitive all the time and feeling into everybody and having empathy for things happening on the other side of the world, like, it's really important that we tune back in with ourselves to ask ourselves, like, what am I carrying? And I love this idea in this women's work of the, the pelvic bowl and men, of course, every, every person has a pelvic bowl and on the energetic level, <clears throat> that is our creative center. And so a question that I ask is what am I holding in my center? Am I holding the seeds of my creations, the things that I want to create in my life? Or am I holding the emotions of the people around me? Maybe that's a good thing if the people around me are joyful and, you know, experiencing pleasure and all these things. But I think a lot of empathic people are tuned to the other's stress, maybe even more than being tuned to the other's pleasure and joy. Mm. And this is something that I've really explored in my process of understanding this idea, this experience of being empathic is some people think that being highly empathic is a trauma response to growing up possibly in, in a home where there's a lot of volatility or in a home where, you know, as a child, you just want to like be really aware and tuned to the other so that we can be good and stay safe. And then that creates a situation where we develop the habit of tuning to the other, tuning to the other, tuning to the other. A lot of us have heard of the fight response, the flight response, the freeze response, but there's another one called fawning, people pleasing, which I think is coming from that same energy of wanting to like tune to the other and fix what's happening, please the other people so that they feel better so that I can feel better in my body. And I think this does become can become a superpower and it also can create a lot of overwhelm and a disassociation from our core mm. and sure i'm really good at walking into a room and reading a room and this could be because i've just always done that and it's also important for me to know what do i want <laughs> how do i feel what what is my connection with my spirit, my soul, my spirituality like? Am I connected to the earth and the ground? Am I in my central channel? Like, what am I attuning to? And I think for empathic people, there's a lot of attuning to the other, attuning out, and maybe even steering toward attuning to trauma or attuning to challenge. And so for me in my life, I really have become aware, like, what am I attuning to? 
What do I want to be attuning to? If I'm this sensitive, it's important that I am attuning to things that bring me joy, that people that I feel relaxed around, to practices that create a sense of openness, of relaxation, of pleasure, that I attune to foods, music, all these kinds of things that create goodness and beauty because I'm a sensitive person. Hey, I wanted to ask you before we continue with our conversation that if you're finding this episode insightful to share it with a friend or a few who need to hear this, I want to get my message of resilience, hope and empowerment into the ears of as many empaths as I can possibly reach. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your help. Now, back to the episode. There is, I feel there's so much to unpack here. So one thing that you kind of touched upon is the trauma response versus what is your innate sensitivity. And I think that two things can be true at the same time here, like from my own experience as well. You can develop this sort of hypervigilance because from the way you were built in a way, like in this container that is you, it is difficult for you to just hold those boundaries with other people. And you are so attuned to other people. And so your safety equals other people's safety. And so in order for you to feel safe, you need to make sure that everybody else is safe around you. And then you can feel safe or happy or content or joyful or whatever it is. And conversely, if other people are angry or sad or depressed or anxious, whatever it is, then you're feeling this like so deeply. And so I think the two things can be true at the same time is that when your sensitive nature meets certain conditions as you grow up, um, you can have that perhaps an, a more negative experience of that empathic nature where it's more about that trauma response and less about being intuitively aligned or kind of connected to your own self. So I've definitely, you know, seen that um, in my own experience and, and it's almost like a, Sensitive people are kind of like pushed out into consciousness, uh, you know, in a in an almost like, you know, un unfriendly way. I feel it's kind of like, OK, you are sensitive. You got to work on yourself because you're feeling everybody else's issues around you. Um, and unless you work on yourself, you are just simply not going to be able to function in this world. Uh, because it's just so intense and so you either go the route of as you kind of touched upon as well the numbing and the behaviors that are not perhaps conducive to your growth or else you, you choose the path of constantly working on yourself and trying to figure out what's there and how do you hold your like energetic boundaries and everything so there's so many things that I want to ask you about here but kind of going into the as you said as well the pelvic bowl how do you know what's there? How do you kind of like, if somebody's listening and going like, I've never done that sort of intuitive work on myself. How do you, how do you do that? That's a really good question. My first experience exploring my pelvic bowl was by reading a book where she was inviting me through her book to imagine that I can shrink myself down. So you can do this right now if you wish. Shrink yourself down and go down into your pelvis and experience it, feel it, see it as this bowl between your hips on the sides, between your pubic bone in the front and your sacrum in the back. And, and you can imagine little you 
going for a walk around your bowl. Like we could extend this out into a meditation, but I'm just going to kind of paint the picture for you and you could do this later for yourself. But as you anchor yourself into that space, into your center, just notice when you're looking toward, we'll say the front of your bowl, what do you see? What do you feel? What do you notice? And it might be super clear. There might be a picture, there might be a word, there might be a color, uh, there might be nothing. And there's no right or wrong. It's an exploration. And then when you feel complete there, you can walk yourself, your awareness or that little person around to the left side of your bowl and notice what's there. And when I did this practice the first time, I got to the left side of my bowl and I started crying and I was kind of blown away. I'm just sitting there like reading a book and doing this exercise and I started crying. And because I'm a feeler, <laughs> it's not that uncommon that I might just bust out in tears about something from joy or sadness. But um, that showed me like, wow, there's something there. And when I would work with women in... Um, in sessions, I would do this holistic pelvic care in the pelvic bowl. And we'd come to a place where either I would sense that there's something there and just rest and just hold and be present. And it's just an invitation to tune in. And sometimes it's super clear, oh, this memory of that experience that I had came up or, whoa, that thing that that person said to me, like, I'm really holding on to that or whatever the thing is it might be like a lovely memory or experience or it might be what we might call a trauma trauma experience like lodged in the body being held there and what i would do in this practice is practice letting it go and so as women and as men we have the ability to root down to the earth and working in the body like this i could actually feel like a river of energy running over my my hand, um, stuff leaving the body. And it was mind blowing to me when I first started to learn this modality and experience this with people, because it helped me to understand how, like how real these energies are that we're carrying. So on the energetic level, our pelvic bowl is our creative center. And again, like I mentioned, like what seeds are we planting in this inner garden? What energies are influencing my life? What am I creating? And so there's a, an invitation in that work and in any kind of kind of self-care, trauma resolution work to clear the system. I like to imagine as though we're like a basket and we can hold things in our basket, all these sensations and all these yeah, the, the things that we're sensitive to in the world. And, and if the basket overflows, that's where the overwhelm happens. And so this practice of like really working with the root of the body through massage, through meditation, but we can really feel that root opening up to like, let go, let go, let the gravity, the feeling of gravity, that heaviness, like move down through our body, kind of like clearing the basket, emptying the basket and releasing down to the earth. And I would notice when I was working with women that like stuff would start to get stirred up through our work and I could literally feel it like come up through my arms. And then I would turn my attention to her and say, hey, 
I want to invite you to feel your root and imagine as though it's like a drain in a sink that whatever is happening right now, you can just drain it down to the earth. So we talk about grounding all the time. Oh, just ground yourself or feel your roots. Or I like this one, like imagine as though you can pop corks out of the bottom of your feet, right? To let those energies go back down to the earth. But until I did this physical practice, I didn't have a sense of being able to do that for myself. And sometimes it's still not easy. Overwhelm for me feels more like the energy wants to kind of come up. And so to to switch that around and ground down, let the energy go down through my legs or down through my root, uh, it sometimes feels like a challenge, but it, it's real. So for me, I feel so much physically, you know, there's many kinds of psychic abilities. There's clear audience where maybe you hear things differently than normal. We'll say what is normal. I don't know, but clear, <laughs> clairvoyance to see things differently. Maybe some people can see spirits or see auras or something like that. Um, and there's cl clairsentience, which is clear feeling. And so it's interesting. They use the word clairsentience, clear feeling, because sometimes it doesn't feel so clear. What is this? Um, and what I've noticed is the more I can clear my channel, let go of the old stuff so that I can be present to these impressions that are happening right now, the clearer it can become. And because the body, it speaks in metaphor, it speaks in pictures, images, sometimes visions. If I feel a feeling and I can be present with it, if I can listen, often that feeling will reveal itself to me. And there's often wisdom there. So the more I stuff away or numb myself to the overwhelm of everything that's happening, the less integrated, the less, um, the less wisdom I have access to with all these feelings that are happening inside. So all these practices of the breath, the presence, the tracking, the massage, the touch, they're all tools for me to be able to listen to what are these impressions trying to tell me? It might be about the other person. It might be about myself. It might be about my inner child. It might be about something my soul is trying to communicate with me. It might be from the collective consciousness. And the only way for me to know is to listen, be present, get clear, give it the space to be known. Mm. Why is it that we don't know how to do that from the moment we're born or perhaps we do but like why is it that as a society we've kind of lost touch with that knowledge I mean that's a pretty big question Anna Marie <laughs> that's a pretty big question yeah I mean I I don't know the answer to that although I do know that for thousands of years there has been a there has been a move from the body to the mind in this modern Western industrial culture, the colonized way of thinking. It's not tuning into the wisdom of the body. And so even this phrase, which is so common in the Western culture, mind over matter, like literally as a runner, as a like an athlete, I was taught to 
push past my body, not listen to my body. Uh, and that way of being is really validated in our culture. And how often, you know, if a, I guess if my daughter is crying, I do my best to like be aware and somatically aware and hold space for her and validate her and all these things. But like, this wasn't taught to me. This wasn't taught to my parents or their parents. And so how many generations have we been cut off from real body wisdom? And then we have all this modern technology and all of these innovations to help us be more comfortable that disconnect us from the earth. No wonder it's so hard to find our grounding. No wonder it's so hard to find our roots. No wonder it's so hard to like navigate all that we're feeling because we're disconnected from the way that we evolved as people, which is tribal and connected to the earth. You know, there's, there's, there's a, an explosion almost of mental health issues across the globe right now and it sounds to me as though it's kind of like we we know already scientifically speaking that our brains are not cut out for this modern life they they weren't evolved to have so many stimuli kind of coming in every day so many decisions to be to be made in such a short amount of time and it sounds to me as well that because we've put such a pressure on the mind, mind is fried. Um, and that's where a lot of our issues are really stemming from. And if we gave some of that stuff to the body, which is there to kind of say like, hey, I'm, I'm actually like here to help you and I'm I'm actually willing and ready. Can you just lean on me a little bit? There's like a, this resource that we're not really tapping into. How do you relate to that idea? that you're nailing it I think <laughs> so many people have these mental illnesses and these issues and think something is wrong with me I need to be medicated and I'm not saying that pharmaceutical medications don't help people they can be super helpful for people and there's an underlying root cause to what feels in the collective, like in insanity. And part of it is that disconnection from the earth, disconnection from the body, disconnection from that inner knowing. And I, I notice for myself, the more I tune into that, the more I tuned into my inner knowing, the more my inner knowing told me, you can't have this job. You can't work in a hospital. It's a beautiful idea, but you can't do that. So I had to leave my job. I had to find a new way of working. Um, my my inner wisdom told me you can't be with that relationship. Like that's not serving you. And so I had to leave that that partner. And and that's hard. And I'm not saying it's easier to take medication to squash the inner knowing in order to stay in the job and stay in the relationship, because sometimes we need the job and sometimes we need the relationship and sometimes we're not ready and we don't have the resources or the capacity yet to do something different. But what I've noticed is the more I've listened, the more my inner wisdom has pulled me out of society Several years ago, uh, my family was having a really hard time after mold in our house and my daughter was sick and I finally had like a, an evening to go meditate. <laughs> and basically I received the instruction to move 
into the middle of nowhere, into the North Woods. Um, my husband is a builder and there he would have work up here. And so we did. And we live right now renting on 13 acres on a river in the middle of a forest. And that's been pretty far out for me. <laughs> I've never lived this far away from from the city, from people before. And it's been really empowering for me because it's helped me to get super crystal clear about what is mine, what is not mine, because I'm pretty isolated out here. Uh, the first winter that I was here was the first time in my life I had to make a fire to keep myself warm. And it is this house, right? If you're watching this on a video, <laughs> it's sweet. Um, and I noticed making a fire every day to keep our house warm made me feel really human. That in itself is medicine. That in itself clears the energy field. And so it connected me with that element. It connected me with the season of winter in a really profound way. Like there was a moment the snow was falling outside, total silence. And I could see every thought coming through my mind, every thought. And I just watched them like, wow, noticing what was there in a way that I never could before because there was always so much else happening. So I say this because I think if we as sensitive people really start to heal ourselves and clear away the overwhelm and clear away the baggage and the traumas and the stuck energies and other people's stuff and all the stories and all the everything, then we can actually start to listen to our inner guidance system. And we all have an inner guidance system. I, I think we, we spoke about this last time, but I really believe that we're on in, a, in a, an intense moment of awakening on planet Earth. And I say that and it's like, okay, what does that mean? Well, there's a lot of information happening right now that's available to all of us. And also on the spiritual level, we are becoming more aware. And I love this idea that we are here to be part of the solution that we are here to experience it. And for some people, being part of the solution is being on the front lines, maybe as a nurse or maybe um, in different humanitarian efforts. Uh, maybe being part of the solution is holding a particular frequency in your being. Maybe being part of the solution is to create music that will help people to remember who they really are. We each have a unique soul signature. We each have a unique mission. And the mission might be so simple, just to be. We each have a unique creative work to do in this world. And it's not possible, in my opinion, to tune into it if we're slogging through <laughs> Babylon in you know the, the modern culture and taking in all this information through the media and um, other people's feelings and other people's ideas and so there there's a reason why you know throughout history this idea of the witch right the healer living in a little cabin outside of the town because there's um that sensitivity requires a certain kind of care in order to 
to be able to tend to it and tune into it and create what we're here to create. So if you're listening to this, you probably are one of these sensitive volunteers with mm. some kind of mission. And yeah, thank you for what you're doing to to navigate your unique blueprint and for being here. And if you're having a hard time being here, which believe me, there have been moments in my life where I'm like, I, I'm done. <laughs> I just want to be out of here. Um, if if you're in a moment like that, uh, I hope that you can know and hear that there's a way through that. There's a way out of that. There's a way to feel better. There's a way to feel empowered. And maybe it's as simple as asking. Like there were moments in my journey where like I didn't have any friends and I would literally am in the car by myself at my steering wheel saying, please, I need my soul family. I need my people. And like, boom, they started to arrive. And later I would recognize that kind of question as prayer. And so I believe in prayer. I believe that we can set intentions. We can plant those seeds in our center and start to create a life that is in alignment with who we really are. There is so much to unpack here once again, but I wanted to touch upon, I think for a lot of people, especially those who are struggling with anxiety and sort of that rumination, a hundred million thoughts going through your head in a second what would be your take on how do you make the difference between what's anxiety and what is intuition? In my experience, the only way to know is to listen. The only way to know is for me to like ask myself the question, like, what is this? And usually if I can be present with myself and be quiet enough to ask the question of that sensation that my body is trying to communicate to me through this sensation, then that will become clear. And I, I love this idea from a teacher of mine years ago. She said, intuition is simply the spirit trying to guide us toward our best lives. It's like, it's like knowing, it's like a knowing about something. And so I would ask, well, what, what is it that I'm supposed to know the way to understand what the knowing is, is to listen. And it might be anxiety. Like, Hey, I, I have low blood sugar right now. <laughs> I need a snack. <laughs> the only way to know is to listen. Uh, and then that's another piece. I've gotten really into nutrition and realized that as a sensitive person, I need to feed myself very specifically and very well, because sometimes if I don't have um, stable blood sugar, then my adrenal glands start firing and I don't know, I, I have less capacity. It's like the, that basket gets filled with adrenaline, but it, it would actually just require me to have a snack and then I'll feel better. And I can be more clear then about, you know, all the other information that's happening in my system. I think for a lot of people, that sounds like a lot of work right now. You feel like, why me? Why <laughs> can't I just lead a quiet, normal life? Why do I have all of this baggage that I'm supposed to sift through? <laughs> why, why me? Why do I have so much? Why do I feel so much? 
why do I have to work on myself so hard? Sometimes I just want to put the put the bag down and just like not look at it and just go and watch Netflix and drink wine and, you know, do the thing, you know, it's like, you know, whatever everybody else is doing around me. Definitely. I know that one for sure. <laughs> and and my husband doesn't like when I ask that question, why? But actually, I think, I think if we're asking that question earnestly to our spirit, why? Why am I so sensitive? What is this about? Like there is guidance there for us. And I say spirit and I kind of look up, but actually if I look down, look in to my heart, the heart is where in my understanding, our connection to the divine really is. It's like the heart is the seat of the soul. I like this. So if I ask, if, if I'm in a moment of wondering why, 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 I, I want to get quiet. I want to like lay on my bed in my safe little nest and feel the weight of gravity and feel the roots and let go of the overwhelm. Like that's the work, right? Just like letting go and letting go and letting go and tuning into the heart. And I can ask the question, why? Why is it like this? What do I need to know right now? And listen, no one else can know these things for you. I mean, there are sensitive psychic people out there that can have great ideas, but uh, your deepest truth is going to come from your own heart. And so, yeah, tending the overwhelm, letting go and tuning into the heart. I think that we have forgotten to ask those questions, I think. And so I think this is usually the most powerful tool, tools are the simplest. Um, and so asking asking a simple question will will yield some very powerful results, I think, for a lot of us. How can people work with you? Do you do online kind of courses or one-on-ones or anything like that as well? Is, is what you do um, something that you can actually teach online? Yeah, thanks for asking. I do... I, I have transitioned my practice from being one-on-one, -on -one, although if people want to work with me one-on-one -on -one in person doing this kind of body work, I do um, more kind of like ceremonial body work retreats. And these are really beautiful experiences to really sink in and receive care to clear and balance and bless so that you feel clear moving forward. And and this kind of body work is super helpful for women in all stages of the game. Um, and then I do online coaching. I do longer three, six month coaching packages with people. And I also do one off uh, consults. And I have a lot of understanding about health as my background as a nurse from this Western understanding. And I blend that with um, this, maybe call it complementary alternative medicine. And in these consults, it's less of like a journey we're going on together and more of uh, helping you understand maybe aspects of what you're dealing with from a more holistic perspective. Things you haven't thought of before. Um, yeah, and those, those sessions tend to be more practical. 
And then I am in the process of creating an online course, uh, Women's Holistic Health Foundations. Maybe by the time you listen to this, <laughs> it's going to be live. But this is a course where I am going to teach about some of these concepts that we've been discussing, like how to take care of ourselves, how to be in tune with the cycles in a way that we can be more creative, how to feed ourselves in this moment where like you can eat anything at any time, order it on the internet, but like what actually is going to help calm the nervous system and give the body the nutrition that it needs in order to feel stable, feel creative. Uh, and there's more, there's more of the womb care and caring for the root of the body, these traditional practices that have been handed down and yeah, if you go on my website at www.jenquaid.com slash free, you can see the free resources that I have available and sign up for, for one of those and you'll be on my list and be in the know. But yeah, it's been it's been a journey to to get here to the place where I'm not just hiding in my little forest home. Um, but I'm, I'm having these conversations. So thank you so much, Anna Marie, for having me today and for, for the work you're doing for the sensitive people out there to realize that there's nothing wrong with them at all, that they're actually, they're part of this wave of the solution <laughs> somehow. It was a blessing to speak with you today. Thank you so much. It was great. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for mm -hmm. for sharing everything that you've shared today. And I hope that people have found a lot of nuggets in our conversation. Thank you. Thanks, Jen.